0: Which money are you gonna back? Which horse are you gonna back with your money?
1: Uh, I'm back in um, slipping, slipping Jim Jimmy.
0: Slipping Jimmy's back.
1: Yeah, he's back. uh, The odds are not good on him winning, but um...
0: (laughs) well, yeah, I guess we'll get to that. But we're kind of at the end now. For Jimmy, what's next? you know what I mean? That's a big question. Mm-hmm. What, what's next for Jimmy?
1: Yeah. Well, I haven't done up to the end of the season yet. I'm on this episode. I've started episode 10 watching, but I'm only oh, part you way okay. through
0: it. I only rewatched 7 and 8 this week. I didn't watch the others, so I'll do that next week. Um, right. right, OK, so should we get stuck in then? So this is Sol Rewind, Season 3, Episode 7, Expenses. Yeah. We're just so full of energy today.
1: I am not full of energy. I'm <laughs> actually <laughs> emptiness is is one of the themes they hit on in uh, these two episodes. Um, emptiness, yeah, emptiness, and um, and uh, proportions. But we'll get into that in a minute. But yeah, emptiness. I'm definitely empty of energy, almost. No, I'm not totally empty of energy, but uh, yeah,
0: they weren't the most inspiring episodes.
1: I thought they were good. I mean, That's I uh, I thought that. Um, how's my mic? Is it okay? Um, yeah, that sounds okay. fine.
0: What about mine? Is mine okay? Yeah, it's mic good. Check, mic check.
1: <laughs> it's good. Um, yeah. I mean, we. Jimmy's turning more into Jimmy now, which is good to see. He's. Uh, I felt yeah. that whenever he's acting like this, he's a, a more interesting character to watch. I sort of felt that. Um. <laughs> Over time, yeah, like is. over up to this point, we've been observing Jimmy's struggle somewhat with uh, doing the right thing or trying to be a good lawyer or yeah. um a good partner or a good brother. Um and now and and because of that, we're not really seeing a lovable bad guy, right? That, that's what we get typically these days in, in these kind of shows like breaking bad is we get an, an anti-hero, you know, someone you you're rooting for, even though they're they're not a good Bit guy, a right? they douchebag. Yes. Um, but they've made us wait for this, for Saul. They've made us wait three seasons. <laughs> and now towards the end of season three, we're starting to see a nastier side to Jimmy. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's, so it's starting to get interesting. Um,
0: yeah, I thought there yeah. were a couple of nasty moments with Jimmy in, in these episodes. Mm-hmm. Maybe nasty isn't the right word, but certainly a couple were. I'd awesome. say he was,
1: yeah, I'd say he was pretty mean. Yeah. Um. Yeah.
0: Should we get into the episode then? So season Let's three, episode seven. This time we open up with Jimmy uh, doing his community service. Right. Serving his time.
1: Yeah. Um, in
0: the hours. Community service the, isn't a really yeah. big thing here. Is it a big thing in Canada?
1: People like, do community think, service, I think, yeah.
0: I don't think we have community service.
1: Yeah. Um, I think we do. Maybe not. Yeah, now, that I, now that I think of it, I don't know.
0: Yeah. It's an interesting concept where you're put to work for the good of the community, I guess. To right. repay your crimes. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not sure it would work in Northern Ireland. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. anyway, yeah. So we open up with Jimmy doing his time with community service. Everybody's lined up waiting for the van to come. And we've got this uh the, the supervisor, I guess, who's checking everybody off. Yeah. Um, Jimmy wants to be his lawyer himself, and he tries to read the waiver, and the guy gets <laughs> a bit impatient. Um And he finds yeah. it quite hard to sign his name without having read the document.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then they're off to collect trash at the side of the highway.
1: Yeah. He, um, he's taking calls for ads um, to try to see. He's, he, he, at this point, he's made the ad to sell ads yeah. um, for Saul, Saul Goodman Productions. And he's taking calls to try to sell the ads, but he's finding it hard to... Shift the ads for the price that he's looking for, the money that yeah. he needs to make back, and then uh, he gets stiffed on the uh, community service hours because he spent a lot of time on the phone. But he did come up with yeah. two big bags of garbage, and a lot of the other um, community service people only had one bag. And he said yeah. he he picked up more garbage. So what? That's not what fair. He reckons. Yeah,
0: I know. And he tried his best to get everybody involved. Trying to drum mm-hmm. up a bit of support from the audience, but they just didn't care.
1: And the guys they just like that's get- not how it works. And you know, this is Jimmy. You know, Jimmy just can't handle the rules. He, it doesn't matter yeah. what he's doing if it's community service or anything else. He just uh, he can't get to the point of understanding that there's there's uh, laws and rules, and <laughs> you're somewhat expected yeah. to abide by those.
0: Yeah, <laughs> not try sure. to
1: worm your way out of it.
0: I know, poor Jimmy. Well, he only gets credited for half an hour um -hmm. sad times you gotta think like this whole thing with the tv ads and stuff it's a lot of work to go to for a few grand like what is it four grand he's in the whole four five grand you know what i mean like it's just let it go yeah yeah like he was on lawyer's wages before he can't be hard up you know Mm -hmm. but anyway he wants to recoup his cash Um, Mm -hmm. so they all get back in the van then and we see him uh, um Giving himself a, a baby wipe wash before he heads back to do his TV ads. Right. We see himself wiping and wiping himself off in the car park, and then he heads off to Duke City Recliners um, to shoot the the TV ad for the Lazy Boy store, and he's doing his best to sell the shit out of it.
1: And he um, can't do it.
0: Yeah, the guy's in the armchair. The it's a bit um yeah the way he spins his chair around and flicks his legs out
1: <laughs>
0: um, and yeah Jimmy's doing his best to, to um to sell the shit out of these TV ads pretty impressive mm-hmm. reinvention you know to go from Jimmy to better call Saul dressed in yeah. is um his khaki jacket and his cap and his blue <laughs> jeans and, his costume you
1: know, yeah it's yeah
0: a hundred percent he's in a costume.
1: It's the, they're making a deal out of this persona change and how, uh, um, yeah, how he shifts from being one person into another person, kind of. Yeah, um, yeah, but like as we've previously talked about, we talked about it, personas and uniforms. Uniforms comes up in this too in this episode with the is it this? Yeah, it's this one that's right where, um, where Mike's triggered by the, uh, uh, this woman he meets. Her? Yeah, and so. So something's made out of the uniform and the persona shift. And we kind of talked about how my my theory that uh, the uniform is a form of like persona. It's a form of um personality masking where you, when you yeah. put the uniform on, it filters out all the other elements of your personality. So one can be prominent.
0: Do you see, I um, think, do you think that's why we always get so disillusioned in our own work? Because we wear our own clothes and we find it hard to adjust then to... <laughs>
1: to be in like
0: a very strict corporate environment
1: that's actually an issue you know it really is I uh because the the issue of um what clothes to wear in the office is 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 an issue where I where I work you know Mm -hmm. and people pushing the boundaries and um uh and all that kind of thing including myself it is something um, that I, I Give a
0: lot of thought to you and that it, it really irks yeah. me. It's like I kinda wish that I could be like fucking the guy from Facebook and just wear jeans and a black t shirt every day. You know what I mean? Well that's like, exactly I, me too, want yeah. a, I want a uniform that to wear to work that isn't that I don't have to think about that I can just put on and not think about it. Whereas yeah. now I fucking think about what I have to wear to work, you know what I mean? And I have to pick out outfits and shit.
1: I know shit I fucking, with them, it's like I, what the I, fuck? I, I, I hate it myself, anyway, really hate it. But yeah, Jimmy, I think and in these couple of episodes, Jimmy, we're starting to see, I think we're seeing the strain of Jimmy having to do this constant switcheroo of yeah. being something something different to different people and different uh, environments. Yeah, for sure.
0: For sure. Um, he tries flattering the guy with the elite package, talking about how really good he is. I thought the guy, the sound guy, was like this. I thought he was really good in these scenes. Like, I've mm-hmm. never really noticed him before, but I just thought he kind of stole the show a little bit. With his facial expressions and you know whenever jimmy's giving his speech he's there in the background kind of nodding along you know <laughs> it was yeah. really good i thought that was really good um so yeah he uh jimmy is really trying to sell this guy but he just can't he can't he can't do it, you know can't yeah.
1: do it. i mean i i never i kind of get it i mean jimmy is a bit of a salesman but um Whenever I did the, this came up in something else I was listening to this week. Whenever I was doing the tea times, I don't know if you recall that. And I um, yeah, I was able to sell the ads at cost, you know. But I was too soft, yeah. you know. But Jimmy won't back down. He wants the profit um, margin. Yeah, but I couldn't do that. because I, I I could creatively put the thing together, but I was no good at selling it. And I didn't. I don't like doing the hard sell. I don't like. Yeah. So you know, I put out a few issues at cost, but then I wasn't making any money, so I had to stop. It's just
0: so much work, you know what I mean? The I time know, it's and tough, stuff that goes into it is mad.
1: I know, I don't know. Salespeople have something, some some I'm not gonna say I admire them, but um there's something about um being able to turn uh turn a, you know, get a sale out of someone who's reluctant. I can never yeah. do that. I walk in, talk to the business people mm-hmm. and they wouldn't really want to spend money and everything. Find <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: I know what you mean. Um, yeah, I guess that's their job, isn't it? They get very good at it. So yeah, Jimmy's trying to do his best outside. Then they're dishing out the money. He's splitting the money up between everybody, and um, I can't remember if it's here that the the camera guy wants a bigger cut, and Jimmy really goes into how much he's losing on it. Yes, um, he does.
1: Yeah, it's here, I think.
0: Yeah, that he only makes like a hundred bucks a commercial. Again, uh-huh. it's like, what's the point, all this work? And I guess, I suppose he saves the money from the TV station, but he's got, what, seven ads at $400 each. You know, it's not a huge amount of cash. Right. But maybe you're right, it's to do with the profit. He doesn't, Um, he wants to, to try to make a bit of money. I don't know. Anyway, he has to
1: pay, he has to pay him.
0: Yeah, I know, but you would think that he'd have some money. Sorry, my chair's stuck. I've been um, trying to declutter and to clear things out, and I'm kind of halfway through that process, Uh where there's fucking shit everywhere.
1: (laughs) I have um, I have stuff to declutter, but I need to wait for the weather to improve, and then I'm gonna have a yard sale and give a whole bunch of stuff away. But right Um, now, it's just taking up space in my place.
0: This residing is planning to go to a carpet sale. Of course, it's manipulation at its finest. That she asked if I've got anything that I want to sell at the carpet sale, and now of course it'll be me and her and maybe the kids all going to <laughs> sell at the carpet sale. And then I was like, "Oh yeah, I'll get the kids to pack up a few of their toys." And then she's like, "Oh, well, they can keep the money. You know, they can they can sell it and keep the money." And it's like, oh, okay, then that means that we're all going to the carpet sale."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but yeah, so that's what triggered. I was like, "I just need to be fucking." cut through and that's what i'm doing getting rid of everything all the mm. books everything has to go i, I hate i hate the shit i'll have to cut this bit out um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i've got too much stuff i hate i hate this stuff i need to get rid
1: of stuff i mean i love stuff and i want more stuff but i do want to get rid of some stuff that i'm sick of
0: well i just don't want the stuff that i have i'll replace it yeah. with more stuff
1: you know? yeah right exactly it's yeah.
0: like i've got fucking tons of stephen king books and stuff which i'm never going to pick up and read again so why am i carrying right. these around with me you know yeah. what i mean
1: yeah
0: why do i have all this why do i carry True. this with me you know yeah um and yeah i just need to get rid of it now and i've just mm-hmm. decided digital from now on so if i'm going to get books it's going to be digital books <laughs> i don't care that they can't be displayed in your house who gives a fuck? Okay. you know what yeah. i mean yeah. i'll have like a nice manicured bookcase where I can just put stage books, like just right. books that match the color theme or whatever that are nice. I'll yeah. Look at. Right. And books that I really want to read, I'll just buy digital books. Fuck it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Same with DVDs and everything. So I'm being really ruthless, really, really okay. ruthless. And then Eileen has this thing where she kind of offloads all her stuff onto you. Like, so she wants to clear out, but she'll offload the stuff onto you. So I got the piano. And then all of a sudden, I've got like 15 of Eileen's piano books. And it's right. like it is going to take me 10 years to play the piano well enough to even be able to read the music in these books. So, yeah, why are they in the books?
1: Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah.
0: So, they're, they're going back to undoubting in these right. charity boxes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but anyway, sorry, that was a bit of um, off a tangent. Over. Too much stuff. <laughs> How did we even get onto that?
1: Um, don't know. But anyway, um, long story short, Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy's doing community service and he's simultaneously trying to sell his ads and he's having trouble selling his ads. Yeah, that's so, right. Um, next we, we cut see. To Kim then. Yeah. Um, and he's we're seeing why now he's under this financial pressure. Is Kim's been paying the bills? Yeah. Her column is long and Jimmy's is short in terms of who's been paying what. Mm-hmm. And Kim um, says, did he empty his bank account? And that was one of the yes. first mentions of the empty, the empty emptiness. That comes up a few times. Um, mm. Right. And uh, yeah, and I also started to clue in here that there's something going on with proportions. Um, I don't know if you noticed. And I also don't know if this has come up before in the show because sometimes I notice these things and then, but I haven't been looking out for them before and I don't know if they were there before or not or if it's just a feature of these particular pair of episodes but anyway there's proportionality going on like or percentages of things or um, like as in giving things up fractions yeah so in the first scene jimmy gets only 30 minutes out of the four hours he was scheduled for community service In yeah. the next scene he's trying to sell the ads and he's trying to give the guy deals so instead of so you know you pay for this much and you get this much right and he's yeah. changing around the the, the proportions of What's to be paid? What's to be thrown in? And then here we're seeing the same thing where Kim has made up the larger portion of payments on the expenses, and Jimmy's trying sure. to pay her back. Yeah, and she says, Definitely. "Did you empty your bank account?" So, within this idea of proportions, there's a used portion, right? Like a fifteen or twenty-five percent, and then there's a free portion, yeah. and the free portion is kind of like an empty, unused something. That's sort of how I'm seeing it. And mm. I don't know why. I don't know why this is in here. I don't know what they're wanting us to consider. I know that um, um, there's something coming up. Um, the pills that—sorry, uh, <laughs> we'll get to it. But the pills, the empty emptiness of the pills. You know oh, the way yeah, of in, a, in a in a previous episode, we sort of saw we sort of saw the um, the cassette. What was it? Yeah, the the, uh, the we, we saw there was tons of pairs of objects, right? And that was yeah. obvious. That was all around the fact that there were two tapes. Yeah. And now yeah. we have these empty pills, and yet this concept of emptiness is coming up throughout the these episodes. Anyway, to continue, um, Jimmy pays up. Kim says to Jim, "To your bank account." And he says, "No, no, no," and then he he spends his last dollar pretty much on the Chinese food.
0: I know, and this is kind of the first, uh, I guess, the first time that we see Jimmy's nasty side in these two episodes. When the guy mm. questions the dollar, he said he he could make it nothing if he likes, which is, of course, what the guy from the um, community service, the community service supervisor said to him whenever he was challenged about the thirty minutes. You know, it was right. his response: "I can make it nothing if you want," which is total power play. And um, so that was a bit of a dick move. Uh huh. Um. And then from there, we cut to our friend from a previous episode. So this is a new character coming back into it again. I can't remember his name. Do you remember his name?
1: I looked it up just there. It's Daniel.
0: Daniel, the drugs guy, Uh the pharmaceutical guy. Yeah. So Daniel, who works in for a pharmaceutical um, company who previously has sold a lot of drugs to Nacho and his cronies. Right makes an appearance again and we join him as he's unlocking his house to discover Nacho inside.
1: Yeah. There's a huge baseball inning scoreboard on the wall. Um, Yeah. I
0: didn't notice that. Well, I noticed there was something there, but I didn't know that that's what it was.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah. That again is um, getting into the proportions of numbers. Proportions of numbers is the scoreboard. And then Nacho offers him $20,000 to get him some empty um, heart pills
0: Yes, he wants. He wants the
1: cases without the drugs because he's gonna, he's gonna try to uh, murder Hector. Yeah, that's
0: right. I wondered what the can like. Why does he need to have empty drugs pills? Like, can pills not be reclosed? Like, if you open a pill and tip the medication out, can you not close them again? I've never tried. (laughs) But I wondered the significance Um... of them being empty and before they were sealed and I didn't know the drugs could be sealed like are drugs capsules sealed I guess I've they, are. To open
1: one. I've, I've they are I've never they are tried to open one either but yeah maybe once you open it you can't get reseal it I don't know
0: yeah um so Daniel wants to know why he wants them like he said well well like he wants to know why natural is willing to pay so much money for these MD pills. Why does he not just get a prescription and get them from the pharmacist? It would be much cheaper. They're just yep. general medication. Um, and yeah, so he tells him he'll give him twenty thousand dollars and just to get them, just get them. Get them. Yes. He doesn't give him an option. He's just <laughs> Daniel's like, well, what happens if I don't get you them? He's like, just get them. <laughs> um, and then we cut to Mike. Yeah. Do you have anything to say about Daniel?
1: No, um, no, I don't. Let's continue for now. Yes, yeah, so we cut to
0: Mike. <clears throat> we cut to Mike and Mike has um, is showing us where his stash is. So Mike has a lot of cash hidden in his house. Yeah,
1: from under the floor.
0: Previous um, deals, like under the floor in his closet. So we That's see right. him accessing his stash of cash to go and buy the ingredients, I guess, or the materials that he needs for the church's playground. Yes. Um, and here we find a few helpers that want to help them out.
1: That's right, um, including a lady called. Uh, wait a minute. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Including a lady called Anita, who seems to be a potential little bit of love interest for Mike. Um, although yeah, I when I look too. up when I looked up the IMDb, I didn't see her on there but maybe that's because oh, okay. it's somewhat of a spoiler. I don't know, but um, yeah. Yes. And uh, she's going to help out with the concrete and they get chatty. I have a suspicion she might be a cop. Do you think? Mm, yeah. I have would, a suspicion she that she's, the... she's would
0: she be infiltrating?
1: She's investigating Mike and the cartel.
0: You reckon?
1: Yeah, maybe. I have a pretty feeling. Pretty deep cover. Yeah. Well, let's see. Yeah, maybe I do this. I overthink and think of little plot twists and turns that aren't real.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Um, yeah, who knows? So, yeah, uh, they're building um, something in the playground. I can't remember what it is, but they need a concrete base laid. So they're doing that. Yes. And they come and help. And then we cut to, um, we cut to Mike arriving at work then. Yeah. So this must be later on that same day and Mike is arriving at work to the parking lot and um, Daniel is there waiting for him.
1: yep
0: his Typical self, not paying attention to anything that's happening around him. He's he's sitting playing a game in his car and Mike just walks right up to the window and surprises him. Mm hmm. Yeah. Uh, and they make a little joke out of that about stealth and and about how Daniel never claimed to be good at, it, um, at this kind of stuff. But long story short, he wants Mike to come and be his backup guy.
1: Uh, he offers him some money, but um, Mike's not interested. And then when he finds out that it involves Nacho, um, Mike is suddenly, his ears perk up, and he suddenly wants to know, what is Nacho up practice. to? Yep. Yeah.
0: That's right, but he still doesn't commit at this stage. He's still right. not banging into it. You know, he still says, no, that the best way like to not make a mistake is not to get involved and to to that's find right. a way not to do it. Um, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, Daniel explains that Nacho wants the the capsules. Mike knows what that's for. Um, and yeah, but he doesn't want to get involved. And we cut mm-hmm. from there to Kim at Mesa Verde so Kim's at Mesa Verde she just arrives and she takes a nap in the car five minutes gives herself yeah a little par nap and um, then off she goes in to chat to her lawyer friend at Mesa Verde and uh, she has done yeah. her due diligence and is very impressed at how they wiped the floor with Chuck at the bar hearing um, how they destroyed him uh, in her words that Kim and Jimmy had destroyed him And she started making fun of him. And then Mm -hmm. during the meeting, Kim loses her shit. And this is kind of the first, the first. (laughs) Well, I think we've seen scenes. We've seen signs before that Kim's under a lot of pressure and is on the ropes a wee bit. But this is the first time that she's lost her shit with a client like her client. This is very unprofessional of her, Um, totally out of character. Yeah, Yeah, totally, totally um, out of left field. And yep. it relates back to her comments about Chuck and we get a sense of Kim's guilt for the first time, how guilty she feels about what Jimmy and her have done.
1: Yeah, yeah. shes uh, I guess she's been trying to um, uh, mentally dodge the, the entire event, beginning with deni- being in denial about what Jimmy actually did. Yeah. Um, to following through with the uh, tearing down Chuck and whatever and it's starting to get to her. Yeah, she's definitely exhausted as well. She seems really exhausted and sort of anxious in these two episodes um, yeah she does doesn't she mm-hmm.
0: I wonder talk- like go ahead no go on I wonder if that's that like that must be a red flag to the client you know to, to that lawyer Mesa Verde that must be a really big red flag that for sure Kim is on the ropes here that, that there's something's not quite right especially like she was quite nervous about the whole bar hearing thing and she did a lot of research I and mean, went off and read the transcripts. So what is she going to do now that Kim has had this little breakdown almost in her mm-hmm. where she snapped at her and was the right dick, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, bound to be concerned. Yeah, they talk about loan to deposit ratios and um, it's it was 79 in one state and 96 in another and the woman questions it. That's when Kim sort of snaps and says, you check the numbers. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> but that's how our, how our proportions get into that scene.
0: So, oh, yeah. Okay to but, move on? Yeah, for sure.
1: Um, yeah, so Jimmy, uh, again, doing his uh, persona switch, his costume change between scenes. Um, yeah. <laughs> he As he's going from one set to another set, the, uh, the community service to the better, to the Saul Goodman productions. And uh, again, he takes the girl's idea. He uh, he's they're sitting in the car. The car won't start, and uh, the girls yeah. like, uh, we should take a bus. We should take a bus. He's like, I just need to think. Okay, we're taking the bus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody
0: in the car has an opinion. The, the The sound guy thinks that he's flooded the battery. You've definitely flooded it. You've definitely flooded it. The The yeah. camera guy says that he's over. He's over cranked it or whatever he said. He's over. Um, he's cranking it over. He said. Um, yeah, Timmy just gets more and more annoyed, and then he's like, We need to take the bus, which was her idea, and off they go towards the bus.
1: Yeah, I like this kind of three stooges thing they've got going on with these three. Uh, they, yeah, they they're tripping yeah, up definitely. over each other, getting into the car, it's fun, yeah. So, good, good fun, good times
0: for sure. And then, yeah. um,
1: they are, uh, so in the so they, they get the bus, they arrive at the music shop, and we're in the music shop where he says he draws attention to a Richie Blackmore signed. Um, yeah. Uh, guitar, <laughs> and the guy confuses it for Pink Floyd. He says, "Oh yeah, another brick in the wall." Um, <laughs> so that's funny. Um, so ABQ and Chun, Uh So the guys are these are guys now that are kind of um, they're Jimmy-ish fellows. They're going to try to they're going to try to get as much out of Jimmy as possible for as little as possible.
0: Yeah, and
1: um, they so they uh, they um, it's a reverse exploitation, right? Jimmy's doing his best, I feel, to sort of um, be straight and sort of he's just trying to sell his ads at this point, but um, these guys are reluctant. They don't want to pay. They think there's not a lot of return. They say too much money for not a lot of return. Yeah, right? and uh, eventually Jimmy decides to give it, give them the first ad for free
0: yeah that's right Um,
1: which i well he offers them 50 percent off or whatever he goes through a bunch of different offers uh to try to get their buy-in but he eventually gives it to them for free with the understanding that they'll buy if it uh if it turns out to be a success but free i take to be empty of value the empty um bank account the empty uh the free ads yeah that's that's coming up a few times now
0: yeah for sure Mm mm-hmm interesting um, and then they shoot their ads they go off, he doesn't get the bus and then we see the the girl part of the trio from the the, the makeup artist slash I don't know what she does, showrunner maybe and uh, she is trying to give the cash back she feels sorry for Jimmy
1: mm-hmm.
0: and she tries to give him the money back, recognising that he's he's lost a bit of money on it and yeah, very sweet but Jimmy doesn't want it he just sits on the curb in a I know mood, feeling sorry for himself. I know. Well, I would too. Would you not?
1: <laughs> I regularly feel sorry for myself.
0: I just reckon like maybe it's just the point <laughs> that, like where, where, where I am with life. I'm not in a very good state. Like I can't be <laughs> arsed this weekend. I just think like for the sake of a few grand, like who gives a fuck? Just like eat the, like, eat the money, like just let it yeah. go and then stop doing all this stuff. That's Stop right. Doing all this stuff, you're running around every day trying to sell seven ads and make seven TV commercials. It's like, oh my god, just let it go. Mm-hmm. Seriously, <laughs> who cares? Yeah, that's right. But anyway, yeah, for sure, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he hasn't paid for them yet. But I can't imagine that's the case.
1: Oh, he's paid. I'm pretty sure he's out of pocket. Yeah,
0: he just can't get the money back. But anyway, so yeah, yeah. there's got to be easier ways to earn a couple of thousand quid. You know what I mean? There
1: has to be. I don't think there are, you know, because if there were, I'd be doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. But
0: easier than what he's trying to do. You flog these TV ads. It's just that time pressure yeah. every single day. Every single day he has to sell a TV ad. Do you know what I mean? And it is. That, and, it's it's going to yeah. run. It's
1: going to air. And the, and the thing is that it is actually even more work than they're even letting on here. Like if you were doing this in real life, there's no way you could. There's yeah. no way you could do that. and get the buy-in of three students to work for you for almost nothing and then they're doing editing work which takes hours sometimes even the most basic yeah. short film so yeah it's a little uh, unrealistic but you know that's all right we're along for the ride
0: yeah for sure um so we cut from here this little pity moment for Jimmy and we head over to the support group and um, we where- We see um, Anita again and we get the sense that this is developing into something like is there a potential storyline here, Mm -hmm. Um, a friend or love interest. She's talking about her dead husband and about how she was taking his clothes to Goodwill um, and how upsetting that was, referencing the old uniform that she kept and everything else. Um, Mike chats to her afterwards and we learn that he was in the Navy, not on the police force. And... Um, they were talking about how he died, that they had a hiking story and he just went off into the desert on a hike one day and didn't come home. And all she wants is to find out what happened. And, mm-hmm. of course, this tugs on Mike's heartstrings. And um, he still hung up on the person that he got involved accidentally by yeah. robbing the truck, right. robbing Hector's truck. He got a survivor... Killed basically not a survivor he got a, a bystander an innocent bystander was um, was murdered by Hector and his henchmen and this kind of tugs on Mike's heartstrings and he has to find out what happened mm-hmm. he wants to find out where the body is and That's of right, course yeah. this is where the connection with Nacho and Daniel comes back into his mind that he right. he he knows that he can get this information out of Nacho to reunite that per dead <laughs> Bystander, um, right. Samaritan, the poor dead Samaritan with his family, even though he's yes, dead.
1: Okay, that's what that was all about. With the uh, he wanted one more thing from Nacho. Yes, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The so uh, this is
0: Mike's conscience. He feels guilty. So we got a lot of guilt in this episode. We had we've him right. feeling guilty about Chuck. We've got Mike feeling guilty about about um. The bystander, there's a lot of guilt is being Mm -hmm. dealt with.
1: That's true. Yeah, um, I had an interesting little coincidence here. Very small thing. But uh, in a conversation yesterday um, before I watched the episode um, uh, someone said they would rather die in a car crash than a plane crash because in a plane crash, your body wouldn't be recovered. Actually, I told them that funny joke you sent me before I flew to Ireland, um, (laughs) that uh, that, um, the plane probably won't crash, but if it does, I'll definitely die. (laughs) So so I told them that, and then this conversation went on, and this individual said they they would rather not be in a plane crash because that way their body wouldn't be found. They wanted to be found if... uh, they died oh and yeah okay We're like, well what do you care i mean you'd be dead doesn't matter but um no they they just said they didn't know they really just wanted to be found and and so in this is the same thing it's the missing body the unfound uh, yeah. dead person um what about you do you have a preference uh, do you care if you're found or not i mean i suppose it it puts your family's mind at ease if they um if they find a body otherwise you know they never know but from your point of view does it really matter um, I think
0: only for the kids' peace of mind and for family, I think would be the only thing. That would be the only
1: right. reason. Apart from Other that, than that, I you don't, don't care. really,
0: yeah, I don't mind. I don't want to be buried, so they're just going to torch <laughs> me, you know what I mean?
1: Okay, yeah.
0: Um, and then put me in fireworks. Hopefully that's what I want to happen. In
1: <laughs> fireworks? Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Only you and Tim, there's a company in England that does it, you and Tim have to go on like this pilgrimage across England on public transport with my ashes to get it put into the fireworks. That's like right, yeah. being my like bill. <laughs> I'll do a pilgrimage.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, so how did we get on to talking about, oh, this is your, your airplane, your, the airplane trip. My other funny one that I said that <laughs> God, uh, I was flying with work, at an old workplace and um, the guy that I was flying with was quite scared of flying and we were coming into land and I, I turned to him just randomly and went, you know, if we're going to die in this plane it's going to be in the next 10 minutes. <laughs> <And> he <totally laughs> <shot> himself. <laughs> he just went totally white as we were awesome. coming into land. If we're going to yeah. die in this plane it's definitely going to be in the next 10 minutes.
1: <laughs> yeah, all Very kinds good. of funny
0: death on plane jokes you can make. Yeah. Right, so um, we cut from Mike's guilt and we're straight over to Kim and Jimmy this time. Um, Kim is outside having a smoke and we get that beautiful wall of glass again um, and Jimmy joins her. So Jimmy comes out and joins her. I can't remember if they talk about anything
1: in this scene. Um, so, oh yeah, no, they don't. Jimmy just drags her out um, to the bar and... Uh, yeah um right away the proportions in the last scene were where she kept i think it's a bit of a stretch but she kept one thing she gave away most of the clothes but kept one thing the uniform so it's like one out oh, yeah, of a bunch sorry. and then here um right away they go into the place and the order a seven and seven or rather the bartender brings in their order it's a seven and seven um and More an old fashioned yeah, yeah the proportions the old-fashioned being like a proportion of ingredients like two i think it's got two i looked it up two bitters a couple of shots of bitters no i don't know i forget what it is and oh, whiskey but you could make that connection water. With the cocktail. yeah yeah that's right but the point is it's here it's <laughs> a quarter a quarter or a teaspoon of water anyway yeah have you ever um, had an
0: old fashioned
1: uh no i haven't i think we're really cheated
0: in northern ireland because they don't really do that kind of cocktail, like America is very unique, that you could go in, they've got this whole big selection and all of our bar- bartenders definitely definitely know how to make them and stuff. Right. Um, here they've got like a cocktail list with five things on them and they cost like three times the price of a normal drink. You know, it's yeah. so frou-frou. I'd yeah. love to just be able to walk in and order an old-fashioned and the bartender just to know what it is without fucking just yeah. gawking at you. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that, It's something that cool. Americans should be very grateful for. <laughs> yeah,
1: agreed. Yeah. Um, Yeah, well, they go on. They have a big uh, conversation about um, potentially running cons on some of these people, and they look at the assholes in the bar. And of course, Kim thinks. um, Well, at one point, Jimmy gets deadly serious. He goes into this trance-like state, explaining this con they're going to put over. And um,
0: sure, Kim is sort of sell a dodgy credit card for five grand.
1: Yeah, and Kim is sort of taken aback a little bit. She's like, "We're only joking, right? We're not really going to do this." And they're like, "Yeah, <laughs> we're only joking, <laughs> of course." Uh, <laughs> um, I know. But yeah, the the outcome of this would be, oh yeah, the empty credit card. See, the empty, uh, oh, empty yes. is coming back there. Yeah. Um, and Jim. Um, apparently here, Jim. Jim, we suspected that Jim lacked remorse for um the incident with Chuck, but now we finally hear it fully. He says everything that happened is his fault. Everything. Uh, so he basically doesn't take any accountability at all yeah,
0: that's for, right. um,
1: for what happened, ultimately, uh, the outcome of the whole Chuck, um, whole Chuck yeah. scenario, whereas Kim is fairly well guilt ridden. But anyway, she swallows it and she, she uh, sort of buys it in the moment and says, OK, we're just going to have some fun. And so they continue with their drinking and having fun at the patron's.
0: Yeah, there was a nice little throwback to a scene with Marco and Jimmy back in season two, I think it was, where um, they wake up with the two chicks in the basement flat and she thinks that she'd gone home with Kevin Costner, but clearly in the light of day, that isn't who she went home with. She went home with Jimmy. Um, so this, of <laughs> course, is to prepare us for Marco's return in the next episode. We get Marco okay. coming back in a flashback. So it's a nice right. little tie in how they kind of thread the stories and the episodes together, I thought.
1: That's true, yeah. That's good. I didn't notice so that, that Kevin
0: Costner back. Yes. Um that was the first scam that he suggests was that she she pretends that she's there to meet Kevin Costner and he'd be across the bar. And she's <laughs> like, you don't look <laughs> like Kevin Costner. And yeah, it was nice. Um so it's just interesting how they kind of thread these things in. It's just a throw through a throwaway remark, and um, but actually yeah. kind of leads into the next episode. Um mm-hmm. so yeah. and um, we head off to mike and nacho then so we've got mike and nacho doing the exchange with daniel and um, this is where nacho's paying for the empty the empty pills mike right. wants to know what he's planning and how he's going to do it he wants to get into the details mm-hmm. to make sure that nacho's thought about it because there could be con- the, the quite serious consequences if it mm-hmm. go- if it goes a bit wrong don't know why he cares about nacho but yeah. he just seems to want to make sure that it's going to go smoothly. Gives him a bit of
1: advice. At the end of it, Nacho says, can we, I think he asks him, he almost asks us, he says, can we, I no, he says, are you going to let us make this deal? It's like he asked for permission <laughs> for Mike to continue <laughs> the deal. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, interesting that he goes and he checks the gas cap for the tracker. So he checks Nacho's gas cap for the tracker. Um, Natu tells him all about his dad, of course. Like this is another moment where Natu gets very personal. So there's a lot mm-hmm. of unexpected um, opening up of personal information. I guess, like, why would Natu, this kind of drugs lord, share this kind of very <laughs> personal information with Mike? You know, it's just, yeah, it seems a bit random that he went into that amount of detail, not that he just wants to fucking kill Hector. And he's got yeah, fun, true. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and in a way, is that is that why Mike kind of buys into it a little bit because he's he that there's no other choice, you know. It's the other the other thing, the other theme in this episode, that there's no other choice. Like Jimmy said that yeah. about Chuck, that there was no other choice, that that was the okay. only way to do things. Um, and here Nacho's saying he doesn't have any other choice. This is the only way that he can deal with this problem with his dad and with Hector. Um, mm-hmm. interesting take that I hadn't thought about before was that his dad was he knows how straight his dad is, so he, he knows that if this goes down between him and Hector, his dad's just going to go to the police and then they'll all be fucked. Um, so yeah, interesting. Good scene. Yep. Um, and of course, Mike tells him to follow through and make sure that he swaps the pills back again.
1: Right. Another
0: good tip, if you're ever going to knock somebody off by changing out their medication, make sure you swap the pills back.
1: That's right. You
0: should uh, make a list of, of uh, Better Call Saul hacks... If you want to become a gangster, gangster hacks from Better Call Saul. (laughs) Yeah. So from there, we joined Jimmy again. So one of the calls that Jimmy made while he was under the um, overpass at the highway collecting cash was his insurance company. So he's got malpractice insurance and he wants his money back. He prepaid it. So I guess he's got hard times. He needs the money. And uh, this is him at the insurance office um, asking for his refund.
1: I imagine the malpractice insurance must be pretty expensive for a lawyer. Um, <clears throat> this is the proportionality of things he, he's only going to use. He, he isn't going to be a lawyer for most of the year. So he wants, a, uh, he wants that money refunded when he's not going to be a lawyer, but yeah. um, they aren't going to give it to him. This, to me, this was a great scene.
0: <laughs> it was really good
1: because, <laughs> because I, even was I good. was, even I was taken in when he started to cry. <laughs> I thought, what is this are this we finally seeing I, I thought are we finally seeing Jimmy's tears over Chuck <laughs> are we and then by the yeah. end of it it's like oh my god he's trying to sabotage Chuck's
0: yeah. lawyer
1: insurance um, and I just have wow written in my notes <laughs> that's the last thing he says when he's still crying Is that it's in the transcript <laughs> <laughs>
0: so bad. i know yeah. talk about fucking oscar winning performance and of course she bites into 100 tears, tears. Even yeah Re- yeah real tears <laughs> and everything totally totally mad um totally out of spite it was whenever she told him that his insurance was gonna go up next year and Mm. he of course thinks all this to chuck it's chuck's fault all this is happening and he just fucking wants to get back at him (laughs) this is another way of fucking getting to chuck getting to chuck i don't think he went into the office expecting to do it i think that it was spur of the moment
1: a lot of it's spur of the moment that's the thing it's like um it's almost like uh um this this uh Saul character is popping up you know like um yeah like a like an alter ego like like a in a in a what do you call it a like when he one of these people with schizophrenia or something that personality pops out from time to time to protect the other personality yeah and this is Saul you know it's like to protect him from injury to protect Jimmy from injury well which one's Saul and which one's Jimmy I don't know but um this character just pops out, the same thing in the music stores we're about to see. And, uh, you know, yeah. It's, yeah.
0: It is, it's interesting, the Jekyll and Hyde um, mm-hmm. personalities. It is, it's interesting to watch, but that was a great scene. Um, yeah, what a storyline I think we've got coming up there. Is it going to really, <laughs> well, well, what can they do? They're an insurance company. Like, are they just going to put the price up? Are they going to refuse to insure them? Um, even the way he painted a picture of it and totally exaggerated what happened, like he's been making mistakes, he's working by gas lamps and, mm-hmm. you know, if he makes one more mistake with another important client, I don't know what's going to happen and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But anyway,
1: right. so, yeah,
0: great scene. And that is where we leave the episode. So that is the end of season three, episode seven. Right. Should we end episode eight? Yep. Um, So we join, as I said just a second ago, we joined episode eight and we've got a flashback to Chuck and Marco breaking into the family store. So this is them breaking into their, sorry, yes, Jimmy and Marco, not Chuck and Marco. I actually wrote down Chuck and Marco, but it's not, it's Jimmy. So Jimmy and Marco breaking into the family store. It's pretty derelict. There's shit everywhere. Don't know how long it's been empty or how long Jimmy's parents have, have not been there. And when they break into the family store, they're looking above the stealing for Jimmy's stash of coins mm-hmm. that's still there, apparently, <clears throat> for an Indian hit penny mm-hmm. for the coin scam, the coin scam that they run. Right. Uh, Marco thinks that this is great. They're going to make 300 bucks easy. Jimmy thinks they're going to make a lot more because it's the authenticity of the coin. Um, the police go past and Jimmy wants to wait in case there's another cop car that goes past and while they wait uh, Marco and him have a conversation about why the coins are up there and all kinds of stuff and we kind of get into a little bit of information about Jimmy's perspective of how their business failed and why mm-hmm. their business failed that his dad just wasn't cut out for it um that he was uh in his opinion, they should never have bought the store, um, that his dad was too soft, everybody took advantage of him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everything else. And he used the story of uh, a different quarter that he has, the George Washington quarter, that Jimmy found it in the change. He understood how valuable it was and his dad dad tried to give it back um, and then taped it to the cash register in the hopes that the man would one day return so that he could return the valuable coin. Um, right. Almost the exact opposite of Jimmy's personality.
1: Yes, yeah, for sure. He definitely. Um, he. This is the thing, you know. And when Jimmy's trying to be a nice guy in a in this in this in Albuquerque, um, the more he tries to be, when he tries to be nice, when he tries to be honest, it doesn't work. People try to shaft him, and so this other character pops out. Um, yeah. And this is sort of the origins of this character that. Um, we're getting explained to us why why this alter ego persona developed in Jimmy, sort of a reaction to yeah. his, uh, his soft parents getting exploited by other people in the community, and
0: definitely, definitely, yeah. <clears throat> totally different point of view versus Chuck, who thinks that it's all Jimmy's fault that the family business that the family business failed because Jimmy was rubbing them blind. Yeah, I
1: mean. <laughs> I I, really though I mean how much money could Jimmy have really stolen to undermine the family business and what was he doing with it not much apparently yeah it's not like he was out buying cars um, for sure with the parents money so yeah
0: from that scene we cut to Mike um, searching for the desert so this is Mike finding the body of the um, Good Samaritan from season
1: was it season one or season two that that
0: happened I think season one
1: he was it really that far back? Nah, because we didn't even get season introduced three. to um, Salamanca yeah. and all until... Oh, okay,
0: uh... yeah. Season two then, so... Uh-huh. Well, did we not open season two with him trying to do... with him trying to snipe? It wasn't no, it was the season No, that's season one. three. Oh, okay, shit, okay. Yeah, okay, so it was the end of season two then, um, yeah. where the Good Samaritan got knocked off. This is Mike trying to find the body. Um, so that he can let the cops know where it is, and of course, that's what he does. He he finds the body eventually. We have got one of those nice little um, montages that you love so much of, of Mike taking holes yeah. in the desert until he finds until he finds it. Yes, heads to the gas station, calls the cops, let them know where to find it.
1: Yeah, I, I like um, I just enjoy the um, the way it's like a hall of mirrors, how all the different things and the different scenes and storylines reflect. Yeah, You know, like um, here the, the, in the first scene, there's the coins and we're identifying one coin. We see this top shot of coins uh, on the table and then we see a, an overhead shot of these holes in the desert. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like a, it's like a positive and a negative. The coins are the shiny positive side of the yin and yang. And then there's these black holes are the <laughs> yeah. negative, like a flipped. Well, did, reality. didn't like
0: say... I can't remember what mike said he was doing in the desert but it definitely had to do with his metal detector like he told the cops that he was out looking for things with his metal detector he was looking for arrowheads like or arrowheads okay
1: yeah but yeah. interesting yes. yep and uh yeah um the oasis sign has come up twice for me once here and once in a i think it was actually in a netflix preview for a different show there's a there's a truck with Oasis painted on it in big letters. And I saw that yesterday. I oh, okay. don't think that means anything, but, but yeah, digging holes. And uh, at first I, first I thought the last scene, he was looking for Alan. Then it took me a bit to twig that he was actually looking for the dead guy from the uh, yeah the highway drug interaction. And yeah. um, yeah, so Mike doing the right thing here and uh, allowing this body to be located so the family can uh, put him to rest get closure For sure. um and uh yeah then the, sh-
0: the show opens and we head to chuck and the doctor so chuck is at home and he's meeting with the doctor which i find this quite odd that she's like an emergency room doctor like this is the doctor that treated him at hospital whenever he was admitted after his um, episode before yeah and it's immediately odd and yeah she's doing <laughs> psychiatry work on the side bit. i don't know yeah. Although that was, this, I guess, she,
1: uh, I guess she's maybe that was the psych ward that they were in, and she's actually a psychiatric psychiatrist. Uh...
0: I don't think so.
1: No. Maybe was... I don't know. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. Either. Maybe. No, it doesn't make sense, yeah, does it? It, it doesn't make sense. But here we are.
0: Yeah. So he's been keeping a note of his progress, and I just think that it's absolutely amazing how quickly he's overcome this condition. He said day one it was like a pain of like nine and day two it was at five and day three it was at three and it's like it seems like such a very minor mental illness that he's had like how come he hasn't been able to overcome this years ago why did Jimmy just not point out that it's all in his head it's just it seems a bit odd
1: yeah um It does seem a little odd if it was going to be that easy to destabilize Chuck's belief in his illness by putting a battery in his pocket, Jimmy could have done that at any point or anyone else could have. Yeah. Yeah, the same same thought crossed my mind. But anyway, um, for the purposes of drama um chuck describes it actually as the worst experience of his life being publicly outed uh, on his mental illness um
0: <laughs> yes, I, I, I think i
1: i mean i do think that's true generally of mental illness to be called out on a meant to call someone out on a mental illness in a public setting is um it's a disastrous thing to do if you're dealing with a narcissist or a psychopath yeah. but um it's also just would just be hurtful to anyone with any other form of mental illness you know so um, yeah so yeah um I digged the um proportions again seven eight point five five and a quarter of the pain levels he's feeling out of ten yeah um so that's continuing and uh he then has this big uh, positive euphoric kind of um uh speech about how he's going to fill the house so he's going to take yeah. that em- that empty old house giving us the emptiness and fill it up with people
0: and music yeah
1: yeah and music so yeah um in
0: fact he said he wanted the people to overflow onto the onto the grass and he? he said he wanted that to overflow into the garden um
1: that's right.
0: so yeah i thought that that was quite an emotional scene for chuck um Yeah, especially whenever they were talking about um, his mental illness. I can't remember how it came up. Um, I think it was around why now he can accept that it's a mental illness. And he he made a comment like, uh, fuck, I can't even remember what he said.
1: Oh, yeah, he said, um, if it wasn't real, then what have I done? done? Yeah, Yeah,
0: then what have I done? Yeah. Um, Which was quite... Yeah.
1: Yeah. For Interesting. Chuck. Yeah. Yeah,
0: because it's that sudden realization, like, what has he done? Not just to him, but to everybody around him. Like at and jam, yeah. where he's left the law, the law practice with Jimmy, who's had to come every day with all this shit for him. Like, it's totally transformed everybody's life.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's not real. What yeah. have What has he done? What have I done? <laughs> yeah. Dun, dun dun But yeah, <laughs> all right. Yeah. So yeah, they talk about the night that it happened. and um, she's trying to manage his expectations, saying that it could take years, but he just wants to progress really quickly. He's like, no, 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 I wanna. Um he kept countering with like, but um you have to admit that it is possible, it is possible. That I'll mm-hmm. I'll do it quite a bit faster. I can't remember how he said it, but it was very lawyery, trying to overcome her objections, you know. Yeah.
1: Um
0: about how he, <clears throat> he could be the exception. Right. Um. They're talking about the ten blocks that he walked in public to, um, access the payphone, etc., etc.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. And then we're back yep. at the music store. Yeah. So at first, it seems like his commercial was a success, but no, it wasn't. The two guys who are trying to who are now going to try to scam Jimmy even further, um, uh, won't pay for the ad, and they will. Uh, they. Yeah they they reach an impasse where they're like going to just use the um they're going to make their own commercial and approach the TV station and just uh, kick Jimmy to the curb. Yeah. And Jimmy tries to be Mr. Honesty here like his uh, his good old dad but it doesn't work out. And uh, instead slipping Jimmy pops out and slips on a drumstick on camera and yeah. now Jimmy's going to try to run. he says you have a liability insurance right and now he's going to try to get the ad money out of them um by
0: extortion, a, really.
1: Extortion, yeah.
0: Um, interesting how he got his camera crew to be complicit with him. I wonder how the <laughs> camera operator felt about that. You know, he, yeah. he did set it up like he went over him, and told him to make sure the camera was set up and pointed at him, and then um, on his way back, he placed the drumstick in the middle of the aisle. Um yeah, back to slipping Jimmy.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, the episode's called Slip. Um, what's the last one called again it's called uh, it was oh called yeah expenses. expenses this one a slip and the next one's fall um, but yeah the <laughs> slip and he hurts his back and uh, yeah, that's
0: that's
1: it. we move along yeah but I, it was interesting to see Jimmy snap there his uh, his strenuous efforts to try to get them just to buy the ads you know um, whether I it's an honest it just deal it seems
0: like so much work like so much work
1: yeah, no, for sure it is. Um, and uh, yeah, it feels and out pops slipping Jimmy to protect him. Uh, Saul or no, Saul's the the filmmaker. He's still trying to be honest. Yeah, some at some point the names are going. Are, 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 the names are switching around. <laughs> the personas yeah, is kind for of sure. things are kind of shifting, and um, he's unsuccessful. Then off we go over to Mesa Verde
0: yeah so kim's having lunch with her clients at mesa verde so we've got the big boss and the other lawyer and they're having lunch We're talking about golf etc we learn that kim's a
1: golfer Yeah, you notice when he comes in there he says uh he says thanks to our four quarter strategy and, oh yeah um, that's right that goes back to the first scene where jimmy was explaining to um, marco that the once he yeah, had the silver quarter i forget which President or something it was, and he explained that it was worth four dollars. Washington, and uh, when his dad found out that it was worth four dollars, he tried to, he tried to get the guy who had paid using it, yeah. uh, give it back to him. You know, that, that's yeah, the kind of yeah. guy his dad was. And um, yeah, so the four quarter strategy, uh, Kim. Um, this guy, uh, the Mesa Verde guy wants Kim to take on a case for Billy Gatwood, uh, Tex yeah. Texan uh, oil guy um, and then oil Kim tycoon. and then Haru tries to, has a little power play on Kim trying to take credit for her good work by saying that he, he she came from their uh, their
0: yeah. firm that and shitting on her by saying <laughs> it wasn't so long ago that she was in Docrophy like she was yeah. Uh, a junior associate at H H M, and she was actually quite
1: senior. You know, she was just talking
0: for you to punish her for being Jimmy's friend.
1: It's a weird little sort of um insult or assault, I guess, uh, on Kim here from Hard. It's like coming from sort of bitterness because he's having to do damage c- control as he's about to explain to us for what they did to Chuck. So Hard is angry. I know.
0: Um,
1: and he's showing Breakfast, his anger to Kim dinner. there. But Kim doesn't take it lying down. She jumps up and gives Hard the check for her, uh, her um, student, her legal the fees for her That's law degree, right. which Hard paid That's for. Right. And um, then they have a little debate in the car outside, or outside That's the it. car, and That's she drives it, it home to, she drives it home to Hard that he's got to take partial responsibility because he uh, tried to cover up what was going on with Chuck. Um, Instead of facing the reality of the situation. Which is true. Which is true. Yeah, and Howard does take it to heart somewhat, as we're going to find out.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, So I thought that was quite a good scene. Um, Again, it's odd because Kim has a lot of guilt around what they did with Chuck. So for her to then defend it in front of Howard, and yeah, it was odd. Yeah, it is odd. Yeah. Alright, so the next scene we've got Nacho, so this is a Nacho scene, he's grinding up the powder, whatever powder he's grinding, he's grinding it.
1: Yep, um, whatever he's putting into, some other things. I wonder, yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> he takes yeah, a lot of have- pear
0: he takes a lot of care, packing the pills back up and flattening them and mm-hmm. um putting them together again. And then he does a lot of practicing where he's dropping the pills into the jacket. So he's obviously decided where he's going to do it, what his timing is going to be. Mm-hmm. And um, he's practicing. Yeah. Walking past and dropping the pills, the bottle of pills into a pocket, a jacket pocket. Yeah. But he can't do it. He tries so many times. He'd have thought it was so hard.
1: Yeah, right. Uh, it does seem to be difficult.
0: Then his dad arrives and that's the end of that scene.
1: Yeah, and we... he, uh, he tells his dad that the bad man's going to come and um, just do what he says. And the dad's really disappointed um, that has gotten mixed up with uh, the mob. Um, yeah. And we kind of left it at that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, then we cut to another Chuck scene that's, again, a bit of a stretch. But hey, mm-hmm. we're on this journey now, so um, suspend disbelief while Chuck attempts to navigate the grocery store.
1: Yeah, he has the Financial Times under his arm, and um, uh, with its characteristic yellowy, beigey pages. Pink. And, um, is it pink?
0: Yeah, Financial oh, okay. Times is pink.
1: Oh, right, okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, he's, naming he's very things uncomfortable like- in the supermarket.
1: Yeah, he's walking around naming things in the environment. Yellow bananas, green grapes, orange oranges. Yeah. And, <laughs> but he's definitely more upbeat. Chuck here, you see, he's on the upswing. And uh, Yeah,
0: he is. He's out and about he's trying some hard. fresh
1: air. And then he has to go down the freezer aisle to get to the idle wild. The soy I milk. swear
0: to God. Like, is this Chuck's first time in a supermarket? Because he should know that you don't have to go down the fucking aisle just because it's there. Just because yeah, he's at the it. end of the aisle. <laughs> could have gone down any aisle.
1: That's true. Maybe he wants to challenge himself though, I don't know.
0: Yeah. But
1: yeah, that's it. It looks like
0: he's gonna have a meltdown in the in the supermarket, but he doesn't. He makes it out.
1: Yep. It's all pride we himself. He cups on
0: there to um Wexler McGill
1: yeah um yeah um while we're in that scene that I noticed some of the the square signs and stuff and I'm continuing to notice squares there are still squares everywhere um it's just a theme that's just so commonplace everywhere now it's almost um pointless to point it out but yeah this scene and there are other scenes uh, in this episode in the next and last where there have been squares featured
0: I didn't notice down now. Anyway.
1: yeah yeah yep What were you saying okay no that's it we're away from the grocery store i'm just trying to find my place in the notes and then um we are with kim and jim at the office yeah and uh, jim's pulling a guitar in the the office uh kim's been got... doing
0: some work for um gatwood oil so she's yeah. got a big box of gatwood oil paperwork ready to be shipped off
1: really strong contrast here um between Jim and Kim. Kim is working his finger yeah. to the bone. Um, and uh, whereas Jimmy, on the other hand, is lying on his back. I like these lying down there. He's lying. And then she, Kim goes in to talk to him and he lies to Kim about yeah. the commercial success. He even says, do you, you do believe me? Don't you? At the end of his little yeah. um, story. And uh, yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy, um, he this is where he makes a nasty snarling he has this snarl he's developed in this episode his face um well maybe in the last one in this one uh yeah, where he has this he new has, look it's, real this, it's sort of a snarl that he puts on and here he sort of snarls at kim and said just take it that we're square right like um yeah this this we really 'we're square is always coming up always but here he's yeah. just being really nasty about it and then he apologizes but you know
0: yeah, he was a real dick. He made a comment about um he made a comment about people and how people are just I can't remember what it was, but he it was more or less aimed at Kim. He was talking about um why he was so annoyed, I think. I can't remember, mm-hmm. I didn't write it down. I should have written it down. But he he made some really nasty remark about people just pissing him off and um it was just aimed at Kim, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's right. He's yeah, playing and-
0: the Richie Blackmore guitar, the signed guitar from the guitar stop shop. So A <laughs> bit of extortion has gone on there over his slip and fall.
1: Totally. Sort of like, and he's playing Smoke on the Water by Deep Purple, but he's playing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he's playing the wrong chords.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, after he offloads it,
0: Kim, she offers, you know, why don't you take some time to rest and heal, you know, take some time off? She can carry them. Um. You know, she's trying to make it up to him, and Jimmy's like, nah. I appreciate it, but no. Yeah. Um, and then and she reacts, she decides that instead of getting a courier to take the box of the Gatewood Oil paperwork, she decides to take it herself. So she gets yeah. pissed off with Jimmy, she wants to take some time away and um calls the client to say she's got a shit ready and does he have time to meet her. Right. Um, and tells the secretary to cancel the courier. I can't remember, what's the secretary's name? You're
1: always good with names. Rebecca, is that it?
0: I can't remember, Rebecca's Chuck's wife.
1: Oh, Rebecca's Chuck's wife. Oh, crap, what's her name? Uh, Fuck it, can't remember. Who (laughs) knows? They'll be in my notes.
0: Yep. so Um, from here we cut to Hired and Chuck.
1: Yeah.
0: Hired's waiting at Chuck's outside chuck so he's just resting against his car and chuck arrives returning from the grocery store with a bag full of groceries in arms um i've never really Uh, understood paper bags paper bag groceries in the
1: states like is that a thing in canada uh it depends on the grocery store but yeah thrifties does paper bags and i go there quite a lot but is it Um, easier to carry a paper bag
0: up in your arms like this rather than a carrier bag with a handle down at your side it just doesn't seem
1: easy we don't we can no longer get the uh plastic bags in victoria but we do have the reusable ones um the cloth bags or whatever and uh, no it's not easier it's definitely not easier to carry a brown paper bag um but i don't know there's something kind of quaint about it i kind of like it (laughs) i mean you do get your trolley you do have your trolley if you've got two or three of these paper bags you can put them in your trolley and wheel them to your car you know and, but so not if
0: you're walking down the street that's assuming you have a car and you're not taking the bus home
1: nobody nobody takes the bus to the grocery store in canada
0: they must i remember in london ontario people would be walking down the street with their shopping carts
1: i've got painful memories groceries. i've got painful memories of walking back from the grocery store um in london ontario in the cold weather with a few bags of groceries that were so heavy that the plastic bag was literally cutting into my fingers through the gloves, it was an agony, and I'll never go back.
0: Yeah, we didn't I choose a good drive. location in London, I have to say. Like, I don't know who chose to live in that area, but there was fuck all there. There wasn't a shop. There wasn't anything in that state
1: I, that we. Well, yeah, that's true in that, that estate, but this is what I was describing was where I lived before on the other side of the, of the city. Oh, really? Where, um, Did you not live bro- across
0: the road from a mall?
1: Yeah, we we were live we were near things, but we were just far enough away from the grocery store that it was walkable, but not worth bussing. So we'd end oh, up yeah, walking probably. back with our bags of groceries, and my fingers were just being so much pain. I just hated it. I Southern Ontario. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, I have too many bad memories. <laughs> <laughs> it was oh just Lord. such a
0: weird city to move to.
1: It was stupid. I don't know. I The reason why we went to London was because it was big enough to get work, but not as big as, as not as expensive as Toronto. And you know, mm. one thing I've learned since then, and I wish I really had learned this lesson then, and I'm trying hard not to repeat the mistake over and over again is deciding on where you're going to live based on a purely rational consideration you know i just shouldn't have mistake. been yes it's a mistake i shouldn't have been in london i just went there for one very simple reason it was easy to get a certain kind of work and it yeah. was more affordable in toronto and that was it and and i just like no that, that... there
0: was me thinking it was because that was where Justin Bieber grew up Simon I thought that was why he always picked London Ontario
1: this is pre-Bieber this is pre bieber
0: yeah he was there in (laughs) high school while we lived there maybe was he? I don't know I I wish we'd known that we could have
1: taken him out (laughs) (laughs) yeah for dinner and drinks (laughs) (laughs) that's what I meant (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, Yeah, London was a weird choice And then I went to work for that blinds company That was another weird choice And lived with Jackie and fucking his wife for months I know, when you look back at our
1: lives It's like, what the fuck were we doing? Why?
0: (laughs) I know I know Oh god I think my lesson was just because somebody wants to give you a job Doesn't mean you have to take it (laughs) Yeah No, that's true That's definitely true I was actually thinking, you know
1: um, This is something i was thinking about in these episodes was jimmy and the antics that he gets up to it's like do i do i not do those things because i'm a good person or is it just because i don't know how (laughs) like if i knew how to break the law and make some money turning scams maybe after all i know i would do it right i mean jimmy just he's like he's like any of the rest of us in the sense that he just doesn't know what to do right and he does this yeah. because it's like i'm it's coming easy, I'm, I'm,
0: really.
1: yeah i mean i'm kind of working on this philosophical concept of um you know why it's around the question of why some people become hugely rich entrepreneurs um and others don't and and why is that what what was made yeah. them different and people are always thinking well, what made this person different why did they make the certain choices. And then we put it down to their choices that this one person made choices that anyone else could have made, but didn't. But it's really, it's it's, it's one of these areas where there's very poor explanatory um, explanations out there. But these rich people always attribute their success to a series of decisions that they made, and sometimes luck. Yeah. But I am working a sort of an idea that the way people behave, what most of us normally do is, we have like what I'm calling like a horizon of uh potentials you know it's like a i haven't come up with a proper phrase for it it's a horizon of uh sort of expectations some people don't make certain choices just because it literally doesn't occur to them right um whereas other people get themselves a very smaller much smaller number of people um have these weird little opportunities and happen to turn left right instead of left um uh, and there's there's luck involved and that, that sort of explains why some people's mind is just a little different but then their mind, yeah. they're also lucky and so when they go down a certain path um, but the reason why the rest of us don't go down that path is because our horizon of expectations is simply different, we just don't know what really to do or how to do it or if you know you kind know, of see, yeah. see what I'm saying?
0: Yeah
1: yeah, and Jimmy's
0: A lot of them, a lot of these uh, entrepreneurs come from a background of privilege, is the other thing that they have access to capital and they have access to people who can give them money. That's true. A lot of the time, that's all it is. And they get people to believe in their ideas. Like if you think about the likes of Tesla and all that kind of stuff, you know, they didn't just come out of nowhere. Like that guy just didn't appear on the planet one day and grew up in a council estate. He grew up in a rich, privileged family and then lots of people gave him money. Right you know <clears throat> maybe yeah, know. that's true
1: no no you're absolutely right yeah i saw this funny meme yesterday where um it was like a, it's uh it says um these people um started out uh in their garage and built these companies so what's your excuse and then it's like it's like google microsoft and yeah. apple and then the, the reply at the bottom is i don't have a garage <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah, that's yeah. that's a, that pokes at a privilege, you know. Yeah.
0: But even then, even then, they might have started out in their garage, but that doesn't mean they didn't have any money. That's true. Do you know what I mean? You didn't yep. become a coder in the 80s
1: mm-hmm.
0: out of high school. You, you know, you had to, like, that's there had right. to be an opportunity to learn how to code and to do all these things that a lot of people just didn't get. But anyway, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Steve Jobs did fucking teach himself how to code, and he did create Apple in the, in the garage of his his house and there wasn't anything else involved but it was. i mean
1: yeah but it's still like it's still sort of somewhat about this horizon of expectations or whatever like like at a certain point in history it became a reasonable proposition that you were going to have a career in coding um yeah you know but and so that shifted and so an ordinary person can then have that on their sphere of possibilities yeah Um, whereas before that time you would have to be a weirdo to have it on your sphere of possibilities that you're going to make any money from coding. Um, yeah. And I kind of there see Jimmy... There are also Jimmy... people that
0: just take risks. It's like, do you not wish in the in the early 2000s that you'd bought a couple of Bitcoin whenever they were fucking worth <laughs> hardly anything? You know, people were using them to order pizzas and now a Bitcoin is like fucking a few million quid, you know what I mean? Imagine um... if you'd have just bought a Bitcoin in the early 2000s. Yeah, Just for fun, spend $500 yeah. on a Bitcoin and just fucking have it as a souvenir <laughs> and then one day it's worth, like, fucking bucks.
1: Yeah. No, that's exactly right. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a sort of opportunism, you know. Um, some people have yeah. more than others. But, yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So, um, back
0: to podcast.
1: Sure, yeah. I think Jimmy is one of these type of people that he... He sees the possibility of scams and, and all this here. Yeah. Somehow, it's on his radar as a feasible um, way to live. Uh, whereas I most of us just. Very early a... in
0: his in his childhood, he learned that lesson from the the, the scam artist that conned him and his dad. That, mm-hmm. that, that piece of advice shaped his his thinking. Yeah, you know that very early in his teens shaped. What is acceptable to him as, as behavior, and it became acceptable to scam people. In fact, it became a way to prosper. Mm-hmm. And I think that's key. It came at that key moment in time where his brain's developing and everything else, and he sees this opportunity, and then he starts down that path. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and became very good at it, as you said.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you
0: reckon most people, if they could scam and they, they could, would they do it? There are
1: definitely people I out there who would it. if they could. Um, And there are a lot of people out there doing it actively, like phone scams, you know, where they call you up and um, I mean, I swear to God, I get a call every second day or not every second day, but, you know, fairly frequently from a new number. And it's a BC number and uh, these people are really persistent and then you block it. Right. So that number's blocked. And then another one comes from a different number. I mean, by God, are they persistent? You know, they are really working hard on their phone scams.
0: Really? Oh yeah. We it's don't terrible. Get as much of that here. We yeah, get yeah, a lot
1: we... of email scams,
0: but not phone scams really. Some some but not to that extent.
1: Oh yeah, well there's the email scams too. There's a lot of scammers out there, yeah, for sure.
0: Um but would most people do it if they could? That's the question.
1: <laughs> <clears throat> um No, I don't think most people would. No, um, just because um i think that the returns are fairly low um most of the time as compared yeah. to the risk um
0: yeah i think you're right
1: yeah it's like um, we started a similar discussion yesterday with because someone mentioned watching the purge have you seen that movie yes and so um, the question I asked was, is there anyone you think would be coming for you in a purge situation? <laughs> <laughs> I, that's a really good thought. You know, most people
0: would ask the opposite. It's like, who would you go after if there was a well, purge situation? That,
1: it very quickly turned to that as
0: uh, you know, yeah. someone
1: said, Oh yeah, I've got a list.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Would anybody want to come after me in a purge situation? I'd have to give that some
1: thought. I don't think I don't think anybody would. Well, see, this is the thing, right? This is one thing. Is that if the purge was real, the majority yeah. of people would just stay in their homes, apart from a few people who had a murderous rage because they had a yeah. vendetta against someone, right? But in most cases, people wouldn't go out and, you know, killing. People would They'd just... try to
0: kill somebody.
1: Yeah, right. And it's the same thing, I think. You know, it's not because most people are basically good. It's just because their brains are already... Their brains are already involved in a, in a certain way of being. A way of life or a way of thinking. Uh, yeah. That
0: we shouldn't kill other people. Right. Funny, I've never quite thought of it in that context. Is somebody going to be coming after you? (laughs) It's an interesting point of view. I've had to think like that. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I think you've got a few on your list of people that would be coming after you.
1: There might be one or two,
0: maybe. Would they be able to get to Canada in time? That's what you've got to ask. (laughs) They might be here already. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> um so where were we we were talking about we're up to um hard oh, and no, chuck that shows. yeah what? so hard and chuck yeah you're right so hard is um waiting for chuck as he returns from the grocery store and they have a nice little conversation um about chuck being back out in society again and um about how he's excited to overcome his illness uh, bit by bit. And Hard mentions that it's funny they should talk about that. About, you. I think it was coming back to work. Um, and Hard said, Oh, it's funny you should mention that. We've got to have a conversation about your malpractice insurance. And then they take it off inside. Mm-hmm. And we cut to Nacho.
1: <clears throat> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Nacho, uh, who is uh, under the table, he is um, prepared. Well, first of all, he drops, he pretends he's well, got a fake 50.
0: We see him the night before breaking the AC oh. unit you know, up on top of the roof.
1: Yes, important. So it's super hot and he's doing that so that uh, Hector will take his jacket off.
0: Yes, that's right. Yeah. I wondered, I was like, what is the point in that? You know, and in, in like, why did he do all that? And then I thought, well, actually, maybe Hector would have kept his jacket on in mm. the shop. Um. So, yeah, so he goes up there to to bust the... AC unit, and then we see him the next day in the cafe, hard at work, uh, gathering up cash from all of their perps, or all of their um, goons, yeah. and what were you saying there about Hector?
1: Oh, nothing, just uh, Nacho does the thing, and um, he drops all the cash, and he takes the pill bottle from, uh, he's yeah, got a fake $50 bill. Yeah, that's right. And... Uh... <laughs> Then he goes back with the pills, and then under the table he discreetly um, swaps out the pills. Yeah, he drops a few,
0: a bit of an attempt to build a bit of drama and a bit of um, peril, and we're on the edge of our seats. Yeah, the uh... like it was a bit of filler.
1: Maybe, but then I thought it was pretty neat how we saw Nacho actually being nervous here. He's actually shitting himself. And Nacho's yeah. usually such a cool customer, completely unfazed That's by right. anything. We were just saying the other week, and yet here he is um kicking his bags because uh he's about to try to knock off the old guy.
0: <laughs> I know he's gonna kill the boss. This is quite quite the quite the plan he's got. I mm-hmm. wonder what would happen, what's gonna happen? Is he gonna head up that side of the operation or um if it all comes to pass that he does kill the boss um so yeah so he manages to do it he gets it done he swaps out the pills um and then he goes off to make the old man some espresso
1: that's right um
0: yeah yeah you gotta wonder what is this storyline gonna turn into yeah how will it come to pass
1: so um from there uh i don't know uh yeah, I mean, this is this is our ongoing storyline, Nacho, Mike, Gus, and uh, Hector. Yeah. Um, just just uh inching its way forward, but in a very interesting way, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. So then we cut over to Jim, who's back under the bridge, trying yes. to get out of community service, and he says, "Uh, the guy, <laughs> he, he he says the guy is a drug dealer or something," but instead of. Uh, uh, saying he's a joker dealer, said it rhymes with mug mealer. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. So this guy has to go and collect his kids from daycare or something. Right. Like, There's been some kind of emergency and the supervisor won't let him go. Um, and Jimmy strikes a deal with him that if he can get him off his community service, that Jimmy wants 700 bucks to um, yeah. for the privilege. Um, so yeah, interesting. So... Um, after they make a deal, he lies down in the dirt and just waits for his supervisor to come and find him, yeah, um, and he comes over and Jimmy pretty much lawyers them out of uh yeah lawyers them into into getting his way,
1: right, yeah, and he's successful again, he's lying down on the floor,
0: oh yeah, yeah. Um,
1: you know, actually, um, I just realized something. Um, I made a note that in the last few scenes, there's been people under things. There's things under things like when uh <clears throat> Chuck has the newspaper under his arm when he arrives home. And then uh, Nacho's doing the drug thing under the table. Jimmy is here under the bridge. And then I realized that before in the first scene, the last time he was lying down, he was under his guitar. Right. Yeah, that's right. And a guitar actually has a bridge. So he's been under the bridge a few times here, including under the guitar bridge.
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And
1: in the next scene, Mike's going to be on back under the floor. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: So Jimmy lawyers him out of um, lawyers into getting his way. He said that he'll sue him for intentional infliction of emotional distress, failure to approve community service hours, failure to treat and mitigate damages suffered to him through his (laughs) sore back, um of course i don't think any of this would actually stand up in real life but it's enough to give this guy um a bit of nerves jimmy lays out in terms of the mass eight to 12 months in court 90 dollars an hour for a lawyer and so on and so on and of course the guy Mm -hmm. just is like whatever just fucking i'll give you your hours it's not worth it's not worth fighting over you know so jimmy gets his way gets 700 bucks and he gets to lie on the ground while the others pick up all the trash. Mm-hmm. So from that scene, we cut over to Mike then. So we see mm-hmm. Mike taking out a lot of cash, like his big stack of money. Mm-hmm. And he's, um, we see him waiting and watching outside of uh, Los Polos Hermanos. And he goes in to see Gus about getting some money laundered.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Gus doesn't think it's a good idea, but he has an idea of how they could. He doesn't want to work with them directly but he has an idea of how they could get around it and they shake on this mystery deal. We don't find out what the crack is, they just shake hands at the end. Well I think that um, then...
1: Gus says, it's very subtle the way they, the way they, the, they parse it out in the dialogue, um, Gus says to Mike there will be consequences for both of us. Yeah. And I think what he meant by that is I own you, um, for a while now is what he's trying to say to Mike. He's like, well, you know, I'm going to do this for you, but I'm going to basically own you. And then Mike says, well, no, he, he sort of counters. He says, what about twenty percent of of twenty uh, percent of the uh thing? Would that take care of uh, the difficulty or whatever? And uh, Gus says, even so, he said, I would not take money from your family, which is Gus's way of saying, no, you're not going to pay me. You're going to pay me in work done. You're going to owe me. Yes.
0: Yeah. But I don't think that (laughs) Gus intends to launder his money. Does Gus? I don't think Gus intends to launder his money. I think that whenever he asked Gus to launder his money, that's when Gus said it would be unwise and that there would be consequences for both of us. Meaning if the cartel was to, to find out. So I think Gus has another plan of how he's going to launder the money. Okay. And it won't involve Gus doing it himself.
1: All uh, right, right, okay.
0: So I think Hector, or not Hector, Mike wanted Gus to launder the money through Los Polos Hermanos, but that would create a paper trail and be able to they'd be able to link the two together if something ever happened. Okay. Is what I thought.
1: I mean, that makes sense. I still think that Gus is driving it. Um, when he says, I would not take money from your family, he's saying, You know, you're going to owe me for this. You're going to owe me. Yeah, Yeah. for sure.
0: Definitely. So I really liked how,
1: I love how they wrote the dialogue in that scene.
0: Yeah, definitely very good. Um, So that's how we end season um, three, episode eight. So we've got Mm -hmm. a few upcoming storylines. So we've got Mike and his friend, Anita. We don't know where that's going to go. We've got Chuck getting better and hired and how that's going to shape up with his insurance. What happens next with Jimmy? We don't know. Jimmy's kind of in limbo at the minute. He doesn't have a job. He's, he's shifted all of his TV ads. So what's going to happen next with Jimmy? Right. Um, we've got Nacho and the Pills. We've got Kim and the Oil Tycoon. And then we've got Kim and Mesa Verde. Mm-hmm. Loads of little story teasers. Lots happening. That's right. Mm-hmm. They can't possibly introduce them all in the next two episodes.
1: No, I don't think they can wind everything up, no. No.
0: Definitely. They have a habit of
1: not really winding stuff up, though, for the end of the season, neatly yeah. for us. Um,
0: We're bound to see something more of Chuck and um, Chuck and Howard, this insurance thing, and what's going to happen. Like Chuck seems pretty determined to come back to work. Right. I can't imagine that Howard's going to let that happen. Just because he's had to, he said he's had to go out and like fucking do damage control with all of his clients. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, three meals a day for the last two weeks is what he told Kim. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, um, chucks back at the table again. I meeting clients and going to court with them and stuff. Like, I just can't. Yeah. Yeah. Can't imagine that's going to happen.
1: Yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs>
0: No Good. other thoughts? Any other thoughts about um, these two episodes?
1: No, I uh, I didn't really. I I, I noticed the uh, the emptiness, um, the proportions of things, which just continuously yeah. came up throughout the whole thing, um, right up to the end there. And um, but I didn't really figure out exactly what they're trying to say with that. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Well,
0: things there are other things that I thought of as after we moved on from scenes but like whenever Kim at the bar scene Kim talks about him maxing out his credit card so his credit cards being full um mm. you know happened during that scene so yeah it has come up a lot mm-hmm. definitely definitely nice to see Daniel back again that character yeah. Daniel's fun.
1: yeah are there any other characters that you'd like to see come back in well it'll never happen but Betsy Kettleman would be fantastic but I don't think uh, we're ever going to see it yeah we're never going to see the Kettleman's again um, no but no um, I like how they reintroduced Marco again there in a little flashback they've always got that option to flashback to Marco's yeah. scenes which is good he's um, really good mm-hmm.
0: great actor yeah um, very good Yep. <clears throat> so we're going to finish out the season next week
1: Yep. We should tell, should I think, we... We should we just tell people what when it is when we're recording? You know, I, I think it will confuse people uh, if they really? don't see, like, if they don't know when. Like, never mind. Let's just confuse people.
0: Like, should we know, like, do we say what day we publish on? Like, is that a thing in podcast land? Tune in next Thursday
1: for. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they but always they run know. on a, they run on a cycle, but I don't think they really announce it. You just have to know. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um... The end. Why would we have to tell people when we're recording?
1: Well, because if we if we reference other things, like if I reference my other TV series, if I shamelessly self plug my series that I'm working on, people may yeah, then yeah, go yeah. and look for it online. But it's not actually. There. there yet yes
0: yeah yeah um yeah i guess like how would you do it? like tell them what date? this episode was recorded on the 30th of january 2022 <laughs> perfect <laughs> <That's it. laughs>